Good morning, Journey. How you doing? Man, it was fun getting a chance to talk to you as out in, the, out in the hallway and roaming around the building. Some of you have been here since the church began. So I say amen, praise the Lord. You're doing a great job. Some of you have been here a year or two. Some talking to a man who was just baptized two years ago. That was great as he became part of your family here. I was talking to some people who had just been here for a couple months. And then, the thrill of my heart, I met a young man who was out in the parking lot one day. They were doing something in town. And he said, hey, there's a church that meets there. And, uh, and he grabbed his dad and grabbed his mom, and they started coming. So he's the young man in the blue shirt back there. Everybody give him a big hand, because he's the reason that Journey, Journey Church exists. Amen? <laughs> Great to be here with you. I do pray that Thomas and his family get well soon. COVID's been a nasty beast that we've had to fight for two years now. And uh, he's been suffering with that. So I pray you keep him lifted up in your prayers. And I pray you've been doing good things for their family. I know you would. And uh, just uh, uh, God bless all of you who have suffered with those things. Now, this is a younger congregation. Anybody know what this red, white, and blue card that you get from the government means? What is that? It's a Medicare card. You know what that means? It means I'm, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that. And it means I'm old. <laughs> it means I'll, I'll turn 70 in March this year, so starting that 70 decade. And when you, it's hard to believe that I'm 70. Any of you approaching 60, 70, can't believe how fast that has come upon you. Because there was a time I wasn't always this decrepit and wrinkled and bald. There was a time that I was young and vibrant. And we grew up in the Baltimore area right near the Chesapeake Bay. And, and Maryland's smaller but similar to North Carolina because you have the beauty of the ocean and then you have the plains and then the mountains in the west. So we would enjoy our time as young people, young person, and I was I loved sports, grew up with the Baltimore Orioles and the Baltimore Colts, played football, played baseball, uh, just tennis, golf, all kind of sports, and enjoyed those things. And probably in our mid-teens, late teens, we started to ski. So we'd go up to Pennsylvania, some of the smaller ski hills and ski, and then graduated to Vermont. Then on our honeymoon, we went out to Park City, Utah, and learned to ski real mountains out there. So I wasn't a thrill seeker, but I was young, and I was vibrant. But look at what life has done to me now. This is not a planet fitness body anymore. This is a body built by Golden Corral. <laughs> look to the person next to you and say, I wonder what that body, I wonder what he likes to do now. <laughs> not much, to tell you the truth. I do like to play a little golf every now and then. Debbie and I uh, take our dog each morning that we don't have doctor's appointments or some other appointment or volunteering and doing something at church. And we love to walk the trails in the parks in Greenville. And we take our dog, he's a big old black labradoodle, four-year-old, and he runs through the trails with us. He dives down into the stream every day and goes swimming. You know, they're just those simple things, now that you're 70, that you enjoy that are a lot less stressful on the body. 
And one other thing that I like now that I've gotten older is to look at church signs. Some are cute. Aspire to inspire before you retire. One said, give the devil an inch and he'll become your ruler. One said, try our Sundays. They're better than Dairy Queen. <laughs> Don't you agree with that, Journey Church? Some are sarcastic. One said, I saw, says, forgive your enemies. It messes with their head. One says, and I love this one. It says, honk if you love Jesus. Text while driving and you'll meet him. <laughs> Some are just wonderful, beautiful message. One I saw said, it's hard to stumble when you're on your knees. And I think one of my favorites is, nails didn't keep Jesus on the cross, love did. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk about two church signs that I always want you to have here at Journey Church. Now, I was watching a man, got here a little bit early. I'm always early, make sure I know exactly where I'm going. And I watched a man putting out all the signs uh, so you could know that this was Journey Church this morning. And he worked himself into a frazzle. He's all sweaty. Had to go home and clean up and change before he came back. That's passion, baby. That's what, that's what the Lord needs us to be so thrilled with his work, so thrilled with his church that we're willing to do anything for the advancement of his kingdom. But that beautiful sign they have out front, imagine being able every Sunday to put on these two signs. Y'all come and one way. Now, y'all's a term I had to get used to. Told you I grew up in, in Baltimore, which is technically in the south. I know you don't believe that. <laughs> but it's right on the Mason-Dixon line. So when the Rebs came up, we go right on. And when the Yanks came down, we go right on just to preserve ourselves as, as, a, as a people. But it was a border state. And, and there was a lot this Yankee, quasi-Yankee, needed to learn when he started preaching in Jarvisburg, North Carolina. I had no idea that the first day of hunting season in the South was a national religious holiday. And the same with the Daytona 500. I asked Bubba to stand up in church one Sunday. Three men and a kid and a lady stood up. <laughs> My first month at Jarvisburg, little old gray-haired lady walked up to me and said, give me some sugar. I ran down to the kitchen to get some packs of sugar to run back to her. She said, honey, all I wanted was a little peck on the cheek. <laughs> so I want you, every Sunday, every day that this church exists, to remember these two signs. Y'all come in one way. Now, y'all come is the most inclusive message in all the world. It means everybody. Everybody is welcome at Journey Church. Everybody that has been made, everyone who's been made in the image of God for the glory of God, has a soul, and only God can fill that soul. The world can't fill it. Things can't fill it. Entertainment, sports, recreation can't fill it. Money can't fill it. Temporary, yes, for a season. But only God can fill the soul. 
And you're made in the image of God. And you're made for the purpose of God. And you're made to raise up the church in a dark and dying time to represent love and truth. So the sign needs to always be available that says, y'all come. It's the most inclusive message in all the world. But the other part of the sign says one way. And that's the most exclusive message in all the world. And it's a message that if you're children in, in school or in college now, they're being taught that that's an, uh, uh, an affront to modern thought. It's a front to liberal thinking. But we need to remember Jesus is Lord, and he wants all to come, but there's one way, and there's only one name under heaven that men can be saved. So y'all comes that most exclusive message. Acts chapter 2 says, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 36 and following, which will be our text, if you have your Bible, that's where it will be. It says, this glorious message of salvation, it's for you. And it's for your children, and it's for all who are far off. So let me read Acts chapter 2. It's familiar to most of us in the Christian church and Church of Christ. It's actually Peter, on the day of Pentecost, is preaching the first gospel sermon that was ever preached to the world. And he's preaching in Jerusalem to the Jews who have just killed the Messiah. And Peter fired up on the day of Pentecost, and he stands among that, that special celebration, and he starts to preach. And he says, verse 36, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to their hearts and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he says, uh, and this, is, this promise is for you. It's for you. And it's for your children. For all who are far off. For all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and he pleaded with them to save yourself from this corrupt generation. That's an interesting thought, because they're in Jerusalem. They're talking to the Jews, and Peter's saying, you've got to leave this corrupt generation, because it was that generation that killed the Messiah. They missed the glorious coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Peter's telling them they needed to repent. They just can't rely on Judaism anymore because there's a new age coming. There's a new dawn coming on man. And it was called the church that was beginning on the day of Pentecost. And he says this salvation is for you because Acts represents regime change. You're moving from the Old Testament covenant and the law, moving to the age of grace and mercy, the age of the law to age of the church fueled by the Holy Spirit. And he's saying this message of salvation is for you 
And that's individual growth. The kingdom is built one person at a time. One person who needs salvation. That's everyone who's ever lived. One person. Here's the good news. Here's someone reaching out to them to bring them to church, to bring them to the word, to hear the glorious message that this inclusive message of this kingdom of God being built is for you. And he's telling them, repent and be baptized, everyone. That's good news. And I don't know about you, but aren't you glad that someone shared the gospel with you? If you are, say amen. I'm so glad that Terry Schultz, when I was up on the eastern shore in, of, of Maryland, we moved down there because we felt a call of God, a calling on our life. We didn't know what we wanted to do, but we left our jobs up in Baltimore. We moved to the eastern shore, and we walked in one day to the Ocean View Church of Christ. Terry's just preaching a simple gospel sermon, and it cut us to the heart, just like it did on the day of Pentecost. And we studied with Terry, and Terry showed us in the scriptures that what we needed to do, and I grew up in a church. My mom took me to church, praise God, when I was a kid. But as I grew up, I started to run with the world and run hard with the ways of the world. And then finally, we heard the truth that Terry was sharing with us, that we needed to repent ourselves and be baptized and be added into the kingdom of God. And it comes one soul at a time. And when you come, when you come to this glorious message of salvation in the church, God's got a greater plan for your life than you have a plan for your life. We were just saying, Lord, here's our life. You take me. I thought we'd stay in the Ocean View area. It's a beautiful area right near Bethany Beach. And we lived in Maryland, but it was right on the Delaware, Delaware line. And we thought we'd just stay there. But God had a plan, a plan I could never foresee. He took us from Ocean View, Delaware, and he placed us in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. What a shock. <laughs> Three years later, we go to Jarvisburg to preach there for 25 years, and now in Greenville, and now here this morning at Washington. But listen to the plan God had for me. And he has that same plan for you. All I did was say yes to God. Take my life and do what you want with it. But before that time came, I was living a worldly life in Baltimore. Debbie and I had good jobs. We, I worked for the city of Rockville, the superintendent of parks. Debbie worked with uh, Blue Cross and Blue Shield as an account representative. And Brian and Kathy, friends of ours, said, let's go to the Outer Banks for vacation this year. Most people in Baltimore, like Carolina, you know, you either go down the ocean, we call it, in Maryland, or we went up to Garrett County and the, and the mountains. But a lot of people would just spend a week or two weeks, whatever they had, and they'd go down to Ocean City, Maryland. So we traveled the six hours down from Baltimore to the Outer Banks. And we were worldly. I mean, I, I'm not saying this out of, out of pride of sin, 
and where the Lord's brought me, I'm telling you, God had a plan for our life. So when we went to, to the Outer Banks and Nags Head, we had our beer. We had a few joints with us. And one day the girls were going shopping and Brian says, well, why don't we ride down to, to, uh, down, down to Hatteras and walk up to the lighthouse? Now, I'll show you how stupid we were back then. We took beer. We took a pitcher. I made a pitcher of kamikazes. I forget that was. Gin and, 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 and uh, triple sec and what, lime juice, I think it, think it was. And we had a couple joints, and we were having fun. Thought we were having fun going down to Hatteras. And, and we walked up somehow. We got up to the top of the lighthouse, driving drunk as a skunk back to Nags Head. On the way home, we drove back to Baltimore, right past a little church on the highway at that time called the Jarvisburg Church of Christ. Now, 25 years later, I'd be the preacher there. That's what God has a plan for you. I had no idea God would have a plan for my life to preach and give my life to the church and ministry and to bring people out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. But that's the glory of God's plan. We drove right past the church that I would minister to for 25 years, and I just say, hallelujah, thank you, Lord Jesus. Message of salvation is individual, and it's for you. And I praise, praise God for you and what you're doing here at Journey Church. In your baptism, you receive the forgiveness of your sins and the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And that, was a, that would enable you to live a righteous life in an unrighteous world. And this world that we're living in, if you have any age to you at all, you never thought America could get to where it is now. But God has forgiven your sins. He's placed you in the Lord's church, and he's given you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now he's offered you abundant life that's in Jesus Christ. He's given you divine guidance. He's given you the Holy Spirit power, and that's now yours. And he's given you an eternal perspective of how to live your life. You are saved. You are a child of God. You've been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's light. The Bible says you're an heir. You're more than a conqueror. You're an ambassador for Christ just because God loved you. And the great thing is, our text says, it wasn't just for you. It was for your children. It was for your grandchildren. Now, we only have one daughter named Olivia, and we didn't have children when we packed off. I was 36 years old moving to Bible college in Elizabeth City. So they called us a non-traditional student. I was non-traditional, all right. <laughs> but <laughs> we didn't have children. Debbie worked with Blue Cross and Blue Shield for her, her whole adult life. Had the best of insurance. I worked for the city of Rockville. Had wonderful insurance. We moved to Elizabeth City. No insurance at all. Debbie's working at the Albemarle Academy in Elizabeth City. And uh, she comes home and says, I'm really not feeling good lately. I said, honey, you're, we're old. You're going through the change of life. Well, it was a change of life, all right. Debbie's pregnant. <laughs> 
And we have no insurance. We're living in a place that we're just six months new to it. But God had a plan. And he had a plan that my daughter now is pregnant. And she told me the other night she's rejoicing even more now. And she's feeling the power of the Holy Spirit even more now as she carries that baby to be born and brought up in the Lord and brought up in the church. Can you say amen? This great salvation, this y'all come moment for you, and it's for your children, and it's for your grandchildren. The good news is for sharing first with your family. And as, as bad as this world is, it needs the message of the love of Christ even more. And it's how God determined how the faith would be perpetuated. A godly dad and a godly mom would love each other. And they would serve and love the church. And they would share the good news with people in their sphere of their influence. And they would raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So the faith that was once delivered to the saints could be perpetuated from generation to generation to generation. And God gave me Olivia and Debbie Olivia not just for ourselves to enjoy, but for us to raise in the kingdom of God and then to return her back to God as a child of God. That was my main purpose, is to give her faith that would save her soul and offer grace to the world. And listen to Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 8. These are the commands and decrees and laws of the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you and your children and their children after them may fear the Lord God as long as you live by keeping his decrees and commandments that I give you, and so that you may enjoy a long life. See, life in the Lord, life in the church, is life that's truly life. We live in a cursed world. We live in a fallen world. We live in a fleshly body that craves to do what it wants to do, and it craves to do sinful things. The only restraining power that it has is the love of God, the knowledge of God's word, and the redeemed heart that no longer wants to sin like I did back when I was young in the 60s and 70s, and now I want to please God. And he says, and this is a cry for Israel. It's called the Shema. It says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. And listen to what he says, church. He was talking to Israel, but he's mentioning it again in the New Testament. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are be on your hearts. And listen, parents. It says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. See, you and your family need to be all about God. First and foremost, your life needs to just exude 
the love of God. It needs to show the world there's a better way to live, and you live it in Jesus, and you live it in the church. And your family's calendar, listen to me, you're not going to like me. I'll probably never be invited back here again. Your family's calendar needs to revolve around God's calendar. It's not the other way around. Church should be the reason you miss other events. Not the other way around. Oh, I can't be at church Sunday because the coach says we got weekend ball. I can't be at church Sunday because the family's coming in. Your life needs to revolve around God's calendar. It needs to revolve around the church. Salvation was for you. Jesus hung on the cross for you. And this is individually the way the church is to grow. But it's for your children. It's the biological growth that the church has. So the church would be perpetuated from generation to generation. And it's for everyone. It's for everyone. Verse 39 says, And for all who are far off from whom the Lord our God will call. Now, how many of you went to the camp in Washington when you were growing up? Went to the camp? A lot of you. Now, what was one of the songs you learned at camp? Jesus loves the little children. Sing it with me. All the children of the world. Who's he love? Good gracious sake. Sing it with me. Red and yellow, black and white. Jesus. <laughs> Very good. We start choir practice this week. <laughs> he wants everybody. Y'all come. Y'all come, Jesus is saying from the cross. I've paid for your sins. They've been washed away. You're free to live life in God and in his church. Rich, come. Middle class, come. Poor, come. I thought I saw a homeless guy sitting on the end of this building when I first pulled up. He needs to come, and he needs to be welcomed here at Journey Church. You know, teens who are tattooed and they look like they fell into a tackle box, they need to be welcomed here at Journey Church. Can I hear an amen? The town drunk, the young man who's struggling with sexual identity, everyone needs to be welcomed at Journey because the Lord is saying, y'all come. That's the ethnic growth of God's heart. And it was fulfilled in the New Testament church as it grew. It started on the day of Pentecost with 3,000. Then it grew so fast, it went to 5,000 and multitudes. And then it says even priests were coming to the faith. Why? Because God loved the world. And you know John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Because if you don't come, you're going to perish, God says. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. If you ever studied for a test and you use a yellow highlighter, that's what God's doing. He's highlighting in John 7, 
17, that he loves the world and he loves you and he loves your children and he loves all these modern thinkers who think they're above God and think that they're trending upwards instead of downward. I know they're spiraling downward into sin and degradation. They think they're spiraling upwards to a new morality and a new ethic, but they're not. Whoever believes comes into know Jesus Christ is coming because God has called the world to himself. But here's kind of John, in John uh, verses 19 and 21 of chapter 3, kind of highlights where our world is today. And when I first went to Jarvisburg, I knew I needed to start a dynamic men's ministry. Because if you, if you save a man, you'll gain the family. You know, if you get a man fired up about church, he'll bring his family. You get a young guy sitting back there in a blue shirt who's fired up about a church, he'll bring, he'll bring more people and he'll fill this whole place. This is the verdict, John says. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. I didn't want to hear about the church when I was living in sin. I didn't want to hear about the church when all I wanted to do was work hard and party hard on the weekend. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for the fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly what they have done and what has been done in the sight of God. People need the Lord. And Jesus hanging on the cross in a perfectly southern Jerusalem twang said, y'all come, I love you. But now the second part of the sign, which young people will rebel against, says there's one way. Our modern post-Christian nation hates this part. They don't believe in absolute truth anymore. How can you say that Jesus is the only way to heaven? I can hear Oprah saying that right now. There's that's not one way to heaven. Anyone with a conservative idea now, the world thinks that voice needs to be canceled. They will not tolerate a dogmatic attempt statement that says there's only one way to heaven. And the second part of the sign says that one way. Why does it say that? Because Jesus said that. Jesus said, I am, John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto me. But no one comes to the Father but by me. Our text for this part of the sermon comes from Acts 4.12, where it says, Luke, Luke the writer says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which men can be saved. So we have the most inclusive message all come, but then we got to have the boldness. And we have to have the reassurance that we're speaking God's truth to say, you come, but there's only one way. 
And it's not through me. It's not through Kevin. It's not through Thomas. It's through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who died for you. The Greek word for a name, because it's a name of Jesus that, that we come to in the Bible, is onoma. And there's an echo effect all through the book of Acts, especially in chapters 3 to 5. Jews 14 times in chapter 3 to 5. And it's the name which refers to Jesus. Acts 2.21 says, And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In Acts 2.38, which we read, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. A little later in Acts chapter 3.6, Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Walk. See, there's power in the name of Jesus. And there was a song 30, 40 years ago that was probably one of them modern choruses that were split in the church back then. But it's just a beautiful, simple song. It's, it's, it goes like this. If you know it, sing it with me. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that name. You cannot, you cannot be neutral about the name of Jesus. Because if you're in Christ, you'll love it. If you're outside of Christ, you'll resent it because it's calling you out of the kingdom of darkness in the kingdom is light. Friends, Jesus loves you and he's got a better plan for your life than you do. Learn to love him. He loves your children. Bring them to church. Make sure they're in church. Grab your grandchildren and come to church. And he loves all who are far off. The only problem is there's only one way to avoid a sure judgment that's going to come on this world, and it's through the name of Jesus. Now, I'm really blessed and pleased to see what you're doing here in Washington at Journey Church. And I know it was a hard beginning, and I know it was a difficult separation, and it was a, a, but God's doing something great here. He's doing something good in you. And what's, what, you, what God's doing in you, you're sharing with, with, with this county. So you keep on doing. You love God. You teach your children to love God and help other people come to fall in love with God. John 8, 31, as we conclude, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. 
and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, if you've never proclaimed Jesus as Lord, I pray you'll do that today. I'll stay here as long as you need. Kevin's going to be here as long as you need. The regular members will be here as long as you need. We'll let everybody get to the restaurants before we leave this place. Can I hear an amen? I didn't hear an amen on that one. <laughs> if you need Jesus today, that name is above all names. You come.